Welcome back to Round Guy Radio. As uh, we are doing the scoreboard show brought to you by the Packwood Locker, we have uh, a Pilot Grove-sponsored team of Mount Pleasant. Uh, uh, Talking about Mount Pleasant, we've got Andy Kressinger of the Southeast Iowa Union for the boys and girls uh, uh, Mount Pleasant scores tonight. Welcome back to the program, Andy. Thank you, thank you. Well, your assignment was the Mount Pleasant. Scores, it uh, sounds like you got them. I did. You know what? I'm going to talk about the game I wasn't that first because I was at the girls' game in Mount Pleasant. But uh, something that just shocked me is I, I turned on my YouTube. You know, they have at Mount Pleasant, they have the boys' game playing on TV at the concession stand. And Mount Pleasant was up 20, at least 20 points at, at times in this game. Uh, so much so when, when they announced the final score at the girls' game, I thought it was a, uh, a misread. But Fort Madison came all the way back. From down about 20 points in the the beginning of the fourth, and uh, they they uh, cut it to one right at the final buzzer. But Mount Pleasant 59, Fort Madison 58. So Mount Pleasant escaped the furious uh, bloodhound rally in that one, and they will move to first place in the uh, SEC. I assume tied with Washington if the Demons can hold hold off Fairfield here. Oh well, I got the Fairfield game on. It just came on here. Uh, looks like the demons are up uh, in the fourth quarter, fifty-six to forty-six. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's gonna be. I think it's yeah, they're gonna win. So I think it's gonna be Washington and Mount Pleasant. First, now that Burlington just didn't play, um, so you know it, in the loss column, Burlington's also tied for first. But um, yeah, Mount Pleasant and Washington will be tied for first at the end of the night, unless there's a miracle from the Fairfield side over here. Well, we have uh, Nathan Piercy going to come on and tell us about that game, so let's not talk too much about that. Yeah. But let's go with uh, – uh, you got any details? And that game is final, right? That game is final. I don't, I don't have uh, huge details on that besides it was 59-58, and for sure Mount Pleasant was, uh, was up quite a bit uh, at the end of the – you know, I'm just clicking through. At the end of the day, they were up. At least 44 to 23 here late in the third. That might have been as bad as it got. It might have been a 21-point game. But, I mean, they basically were doubling them up. And something got into Fort Madison. And they came absolutely storming back. Mount Pleasant only looks like they only scored nine points in the um, nine. In fact, uh, they scored nine points in the last quarter. And, in fact, Fort Madison was down 58 to 50, which is 24 seconds left. So they scored seven points in the last 24 seconds <laughs> to store back. So, so it looks like they hit a couple of threes there. So that gives like, a little, you know, a little insight to that Fort Madison can fight a little bit with these top teams. Um, and also, uh, and also uh, uh, fortunate for Matt Plunk, they were able to escape there with a, a win that they were definitely expected to get. Well, a uh, very exciting night. Uh, you got any? Now you got the girls' score for me too, don't you? Yes. Now I was at the girls' game. It was a very important girls' game tonight because just like Burlington didn't play in boys, Keokuk didn't play in girls. So the winner of uh, this matchup at Fort Madison or at Mount Pleasant tonight was uh, first place in the SEC alone. Uh, and Fort Madison had handed Mount Pleasant their only lo- uh, conference loss, and they handed them another one tonight. And by a, a score of twenty-four to nineteen, final. It was the most one, the most defensive game. Uh, between two teams you, you'll see in a while, and they're two of the better defensive teams, but uh, it was also a really rough shooting night for both teams. Uh, before Madison was uh, um, led, well, Mount Pleasant led 5-4 to four after the first quarter, and then Fort Madison led 10-8 to eight after the second, and 
17 to 11 uh, after the third. And uh, another thing that was impressive before Madison is that uh, Camille Cruzy, who's their best uh, player and one of the best players in the conference, was in big time foul trouble. So she didn't play a lot of the first half in the third quarter. Uh, and they were still able to, uh, at least defensively, uh, come together. Um, and um, uh, Andrea Lombrado for Mount Pleasant led all scores with 11 points. Uh, and she had a, a couple of big shots at the end of the game, or a couple of big layups that kind of uh, cut the lead a little closer. Um, but Fort Madison had six girls score, and not one of them scored more than six points. So they that was as as um, as balanced of a scoring you know performance. And I think Taylor Johnson might have had six to lead the way here. Um, looking at the box score here, uh, it might have been actually, oh, maybe Molly Knight did. Molly Knight had six. And I thought Molly Knight was the best player on the floor tonight. Um, she played really good defense, too. So, Fort Madison, that was a big one for Fort Madison because um, uh, they both have to play Kia Tech again. Uh, but Fort Madison now will be favored, you know, in every game except that last Kia Tech game. And if they can win out, they can win the championship. And uh, Mount Pleasant girls now, uh, pretty much it's a must win from now on until the end of the conference season. Well, I just come across the score here. I'm just going to throw it out to you. You got any thoughts on it? But it looks like uh, Minneapolis was able to beat Van Buren County uh, 63 to 58. Uh, other than that score, I just uh, was kind of flipping through to see uh, what I could find out on YouTube. And you yeah, got it. I guess that's a boys' score, right? It looks like it. Uh, yeah, it was almost definitely because Minneapolis girls are—they're beating. They beat Notre Dame by like 20 points uh, last night. So. Uh, yeah, uh, that's a that's a big one for uh, for Mepo. And the South is really really tough. And but, you know, Van Buren did beat New London at this point. Those are two of the those are two of the teams that they beat consistently. Um, they're not up there with you know the West Burlingtons of the world, but um, uh, two teams that can beat anybody in the South. So that's a, a pretty darn big one. And, uh, Mediapolis had just actually lost last night uh, to Notre Dame uh, by 15 points. And so coming into the night, they were only two and four on the conference, and that was a, they're a pretty darn pretty darn good two. Actually, they were both two and four at Minneapolis and Van Buren County, so it was pretty easy to see that it was going to be a good game tonight. But man, the middle of the Super Conference South is, you know, teams four through six are Danville, Minneapolis, and Van Buren County, and those are all teams that can beat uh, those high level teams. So I'm excited. I haven't seen Minneapolis play this year, but I'm hoping to see them play before too long. Well, it was a, a, a another exciting night. Uh, I I'll, I'll just report this. Uh, I don't really exactly have the score, but I did watch uh, Columbus Wildcats play uh, uh, Van Buren County last night, and uh, uh, looked like Van Buren County really got on top of that one. Uh, yeah, I was surprised at that, you know, because Columbus. I mean, I wasn't surprised to see Van Buren County go out. Talent Jackson Manning is one of the best players in the conference. In fact, he was the leading scorer in the conference last year, which is pretty impressive when you consider all the all the good players that play in the South. But um, but Columbus is coming off a big win um, over Highland. And so you also notice that a lot of teams are playing back-to-backs this week. It's a busy week in basketball. So that usually doesn't happen. And obviously the second game of back-to-back people, you're usually a little more tired on. So that might have been what happened to uh, Columbus last night. Maybe what happened to Van Buren tonight. All right. Well, we've been talking to Andy Kretzinger. We're going to just do like we did with the wraparound show and just whip around to as many people as we can get to that were at games tonight. Uh, Andy, is anything you want to say before we let you go? No, it was, a, it was another crazy night. I'm going to watch back on some of these games, especially 
just watch it and uh, air filter and see what happens. All right. Well, thanks so much for being with us. Team uh, hosted the Wapolo Indians. We got uh, Jeff Mills of the uh, Real Clear uh, or Real Smart Videos. Uh, welcome to the program. Thank you. Well, uh, let our listeners know what happened up in the Wise uh, with the Wise and Muscatine uh, Wapolo Indians matchup. All right, it was pretty much everything I thought it was going to be. Tough physical game. Uh, these schools are only less than 10 miles apart, so they're very familiar with each other, and, you know, both both teams want to get that W over each other, but Eliza Muscatine um, used a, a late run in the first half to end and uh, pull ahead 29-21 heading into halftime, and Wapolo just couldn't recover, and in the end, uh, Eliza Muscatine ended up pulling out to win 54-40. to Jackson Lands put up 27 points for the Indians. And Carson Belzer had, had 11, but aside from that, you know, Casey Short was the only other person to score for the Indians, so that was pretty much the difference in the game. Eliza Muscatine's uh, Ty Northrop had 19. Sander Berry put up 10. A sophomore, Finnegan Klein, had 10, and they had three or four other guys that, that made crucial shots during the game, and that was pretty much the difference in this one. Well, uh, yeah, uh, that Northrop, he's, he's really uh, very talented, and uh, – Louisa Muscatine, a, a nice win against Pekin, uh, which is a, a pretty solid team. And then uh, they take down Waco, or uh, they go uh, Wapolo after Wapolo got three uh, uh, wins in quite a short order and had quite a bit of momentum. Uh, uh, what was the key to the victory tonight? Uh, I think uh, just like I said, the the, the defense for LM really shut down anybody. Jackson Lance, of course, went off, but he he's he's gonna score. That's just uh, his game. He's always putting up big numbers. But I think just the defensive uh, side for LM and the ability to have more options to put the ball through the net was was the big difference in this one. Well, uh, is there anything else you want to tell us about the game? Uh, no, I don't believe so. That, that was pretty much it. It was a tough physical game. Ty Northrup took an elbow to the head with about four minutes to left. Uh, it looked like he might need some stitches. He was bleeding pretty good. So he didn't play the last four minutes, but, um, hopefully he's okay. And aside from that, it was just, it was a great basketball game. It was everything I hoped it'd be. Well, uh, you, you shared us uh, some videos with the uh, round guy radio today. Uh, with the uh, Winfield Mount Union uh, Hillcrest game. Uh, the video was yep. excellent, and uh, uh, we already had a lot of people uh, uh, watch it and uh, was wondering when are you going to have the, the videos for this one done? Uh, I would say by – I work on Saturday, so it, usually by Sunday afternoon or so, I'm, I'm getting pretty close to having everything uploaded and all that, that stuff. So I would say by Sunday afternoon. Well, if there's some highlights you think you'd like to share with our listeners uh, uh, and viewers, uh, uh, we'd really like to, to see the video. And uh, thank you so sure. much for being with us. Hey, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. We are going to Kyoto, Iowa, as Andy McGuire and I just got done calling the Kyoto Eagles game, and it was a very exciting game. Well, uh, 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 maybe a, a lifetime game for Sawyer Stout. Welcome to the program, Andy. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, uh, the ten and two Eagles uh, uh, maybe uh, uh, let HLV get into it in the third uh, period, but they really turned it on in the fourth period. 
and uh, grinded out a nice little win here uh, against uh, not our side of the conference, but a conference opponent. That's right. Uh, taking on HLV tonight, uh, following a big win on Tuesday night where Kyoto beat uh, Montezuma. And then uh, another big game coming up on Tuesday night next week. North Mahaska is coming to Kyoto. So taking on Montezuma Tuesday and then the following Tuesday taking on uh, North Mahaska could lead to a, a trap game against HLV tonight. Uh, luckily, Kyoto was kind of locked in and, and got the job done, especially from Sawyer Stout. Sawyer dropped 34 points tonight. I'm sure that'd be a career high for him, including six three-point shots going down for him. He's four shy of the older brother Cole Stout's record, I think, from about 10 years ago. So big night for Sawyer Stout. And then the Kindred brothers, Cole and Billy, each um, contributing big tonight. Cole had 14 and Billy had nine. So all in all, big night for Kyoto Eagles to go to 10 and two. Yeah, Billy, uh, uh, he kind of played, he had a little minute or two here in the first quarter and the second quarter and the fourth quarter, uh, kind of consistent throughout the whole thing. But Cole Kindred, I remember uh, he got six of those points in like a minute. You know, he, he had a he had just a little little spout there where he took over. And, and he really played solid in the fourth quarter too, didn't he? Yeah, down the stretch at the end of the game, Cole was really starting to lay the points in. He had some uh, shifty moves during the game. Um, I remember one specific nice little Euro step in the lane where he split a couple of split a defender and laid it up and in, and was really moving the ball around well tonight. Obviously, getting some passes out to Sawyer. Uh, I don't have any stats on assists, but I'm sure that that Cole had quite a few dishes out to Sawyer, uh, setting him up for those three point shots. Yeah, there was some pretty impressive passing going on. There was some uh, Aiden McGuire uh, came in the fourth quarter and just made all kinds of great passes. And he probably got three, four assists in a three or four minute period there. Uh, it was a, it was a tremendous night. Uh, this uh, HLV team uh, didn't seem like a joke to me. They had some really big kids. Uh, uh, they had a guy, uh, kind of Grizzly Adam guy, we were calling the, the Bearded Mountain. Uh, he, he got some points, but Evan Vitito played uh, pretty strong and limited what he got, was able to do, didn't he? Yeah, he did for sure. You know, Evan didn't put up the, the numbers like he did against uh, Montezuma, but I thought he played defense really well. He rebounded. He was aggressive down low and really affected the game. Billy Kindred uh, did the same thing. Billy has just been a rebound monster this year. I think he shot up probably three inches from last year. Has real long arms really gets after the ball. He has a nose for the ball, uh, does an excellent job getting to where he needs to be on the floor. So, yeah, he, he did a nice job tonight, too. Again, maybe I didn't score. It wasn't as evenly distributed as it was against Montezuma, but the, the Eagles get her done tonight. Yeah, it was, uh, it was um, just a real exciting night. Uh, when the – Eagles are firing all cylinders. They're so much fun to watch. And uh, uh, big game uh, next Tuesday. Could have easily overlooked this game, couldn't they have? And they almost kind of did. That third quarter, uh, uh, they came from way down back and got uh, at least tied, maybe even went ahead for a little bit there. It certainly wasn't their cleanest ball game tonight. I think they used up a lot of energy. We're pretty excited about getting that first win in five years against Montezuma on Tuesday night. And you could tell that they were a little bit sloppier tonight. 
Um, like Coach Stout says, you know, you're going to have down nights, you're going to have bad games, and maybe this was one of them. Certainly not for Sawyer, and I wouldn't say for Billy or for Cole tonight. But the rest of the team, I think, was uh, maybe a step behind. And hopefully they can get that turned around and be ready to play on Tuesday night against a very, very good North Mahaska team. A team that came, uh, you know, off the last year for, for going to state, returns a lot of scoring power, a lot of offensive firepower in uh, Nash Smith and uh, Brayton Steele and the rest of that outfit. So um, there's no doubt North Mahaska going to be ready to play Tuesday night. And hopefully Keogh can clean it up and play maybe a little bit more efficient game. Well, who was this player? HLV had, uh, I think, his number thirty-five. He's like a guard that was—he uh, was a heck of a basketball player, wasn't he? Landon Hall is an excellent basketball player. Uh, the Kyoto boys know him well. Um, he's played with uh, a handful of the Kyoto boys in a fall rec league, and uh, they all get along really well. He's a, a heck of an athlete. Gets down the lane really well. Is shifty and uh, can score in a hurry. He leads that team handily and scoring and is you know if you if you were to pick an all sickle conference you know team i'm sure landon would be on that yeah he was great well they had so much big guys and so much size and and uh, gigantic beards and everything uh i think uh, aiden uh anderson i think uh evan vivito i think billy kindred were all in physical matches all night long. It, it took them some out of the game, although Billy uh, uh, Kendrick really did put up a lot of points and and, and get it out. But you, you could tell just all night long, a lot of physical contests. The one player that uh, HLV just couldn't account for, couldn't figure out how to, how to game plan against her or, or come up with a way to stop was Sawyer Stout, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so as well. Uh, they did a good job, I thought, of containing some of those uh, other players. You know, Aiden Anderson wasn't on the score sheet like he was on Tuesday night. Um, Billy had nine, which is, is, you know, pretty good for Billy. Um, but they, they really couldn't lock down Sawyer. I was a bit surprised by that. I thought maybe they were going to hedge him a little bit and maybe throw on some double teams, and that would open up some scoring for the other guys. But, um, you know, they really got after Cole on the ball. They were trying to run a lot of press and slow the, you know, the game down a little bit. So at least the half-court offense didn't quite get it done on Sawyer tonight, obviously. Well, the one guy points. that seemed to be open, the one guy that seemed to be able to get a good shot was Sawyer, you know. And everybody got the ball to him. It didn't seem like it was one guy getting the ball to him. It seemed like it was everybody. And uh, Cole Kindred had a great game. But let's uh, uh, switch gears and talk about this big home win for the Lady Eagles. Uh, uh, I think, was the score 44-42? That's right, 44 to 42. Well, that's good because that's what I send in to KTVO. Uh, you know, I, I really appreciate Jacob Lindsendorf. You know, he doesn't really have to care whether or not Kyoto scores are, are on the board or in time. And there really ain't any other way he could get them. But he, he texts me to, to send him the scores, you know what I mean? Because he cares, you know? He cares that we get our scores reported on his show and uh, – uh, he's doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Uh, uh, had some great coverage. You, you got anything to say about the girls' game? Macy McDonald had a great game. Yeah, I agree with you. Macy had an excellent game. All the girls played really tough. We talked about it during the game. They don't have the height that a lot of the teams have that compete against them, but they definitely have the heart. You know, no height, all heart. 
that's the Kyoto girls. They fight until the very end. You know, you never see those girls get down on the game, on themselves. They always keep coming back. And uh, I've really enjoyed watching this this girls team play. You can see some of the opportunities going to be coming down the line. A lot of these girls are young and will have, you know, really good futures ahead of them as they continue to move up the ranks and uh, become upperclassmen as that comes along. And I'd echo that point to Jacob Lentendorf. It's awesome to see him interested in Kyoto athletics and cigarette athletics. I know back during the baseball season, he was up in our neck of the woods trying to cover some baseball scores. And uh, you're right, that's something that he doesn't have to do on a Class 1A uh, slate, but he's doing it. And uh, it's important, you know, the, to get out to the public what these kids are doing and the work that they're putting in and, and the scores that they're putting up on the board. So, yeah, he was him. physically at the ballpark twice, you know. Yeah, and, yeah uh, he was. He would, he would hit like a cigarette game and then come back and catch some of ours. He's got to drive all the way back to Tumwa. And get all that loaded up and be on the air at ten o'clock. So it ain't easy, you know. And and for those schools like Kyoto that are kind of on the edge of his uh, coverage area, uh, it'd be easy to slight us. But he 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 gives us one hundred percent all the time, and he he really likes the team. And he said he's going to try to get back and give us a little more coverage before the season is over. But it is uh, over halfway over. And uh, the boys are ten and two. The girls got their fourth win, their first win at home. Uh, for the, I told the coach after the game, I've never seen a coach get more out of a team than he does. I mean, there you can't point to a minute where it ain't all out, all effort, all the time. Uh, really proud of the girls tonight. Are you? I am. Yeah. Jeff Sprouse, head coach of the girls, has done an awesome job with these girls. He's a one-man wrecking crew. Um, he gets some help with stats. Uh, Dwight Dodd helps out. Caden Sprouse helps out. But he, he's a he's a one-man wrecking crew. He doesn't have an assistant or two sitting on the bench with him. You know, what that team is is what Jeff gets out of them. And, um, you know, I, I can't say enough good things about what Jeff is doing for these girls, coaching them. Um, he's had a couple of daughters come through and were good ball players. They've graduated and, and, you know, have moved on, but he still puts the time in. He still contributes to the community. Uh, just an awesome family. That Sprouse group. All right. Andy McGuire, uh, with the rundown on the Kyoto boys and girls game. Uh, uh, if, if you ever get a chance people and you can ask Scotty Melvin about this, that's a wonderful experience. Uh, had some chili. Uh, got appreciated by the uh, boosters, and uh, uh, we got a great game, and uh, we had a great uh, interview with the coach and everything, and uh, uh, got to see uh, Sawyer Stout with maybe his career night. Uh, uh, it would be among them uh, in the in the pantheon of his games played. Well, all right. Well, we'll keep it uh, moving on. Thanks for listening, and we'll have another score for you here in a minute. Well, we are in Washington, Iowa, with Nathan Piercy, who had the round guy game of the week. Uh, he's here to tell you about it. Uh, everybody's talking about this game. Uh, seemed like there was, I don't know, the coach about got thrown out at one point and a uh, uh, real close game here and there. And I don't know what all happened, but uh, uh, I, I heard Max, uh, uh, Maximum beating Wheaton actually had a pretty great game. Uh, tell, us, tell us what happened. Yeah, so first off, like you mentioned, Max Wheaton, uh, he put up 30 points on on Washington. He had a great game. Actually went 16 of 19 from the free throw line. So 
he got to the line a lot and knew what to do when he was there. Unfortunately, though, for the Trojans, there wasn't really much help. Uh, J.J. Lane was a bit of a uh, foul trouble. And I don't know if maybe Washington has slightly different size ribs or what's going on, uh, but Fairfield was one for 21 from beyond the arc. And uh, that really what did the men. They couldn't hit anything from range. And when you've got a tall team like Washington, when they have guys like those six triplets, A.J., Avery, and Aiden, you combine that with an Evan Vandermullen or a, a, a Logan McDole, uh, just to name a few, plus some of the other guys that they bring in. They've got a lot of height, so you got to be able to shoot from range. And unfortunately, Trojans weren't able to hit it tonight. Well, I saw uh, Sawyer Stroud for the Kyoto Eagles had 34 tonight. Uh, he hit six threes. Uh, but your man, uh, uh, Maximum Beaton Wheaton, got uh, 30 tonight by himself. Yeah, he had 30, and, and like I mentioned, 16 of those points are from the free throw line as he went 16 of 19. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, uh, while Max Wheaton had a great game, the rest of the team uh, of his team did not. And while he did have a great game, I'm sure he's one of the first to tell you that it didn't matter. He would rather the team win, and he scored only 10. Uh, that's exactly what Coach McFlattery told me after the game, but uh, it, does, it just didn't shake down like that. and. I uh, got to regroup because got another conference matchup next week. Well, uh, who did well? Uh, how about uh, Ethan Peter, Peter Peter Patterson? How did he? Uh, how did he come out tonight? Yeah, he was really quiet in the first half. I think the Trojans did a really good job on defense against him. Uh, but again, with JJ Lane in foul trouble, a couple of their other guards in foul trouble as well. Uh, it opened up Patterson. I want to say he finished around 13 14 points i'm not entirely sure quite a quite a few again came from free throws but uh i be, i believe he was one of three demons in double figures along with possibly eight and six and avery six uh but again those guys i mean uh the one thing that washington does really well out on the scoring side is they're able to spread things around uh ethan patterson is just one of uh, many guys who had a, a a decent night at least shooting and uh, got, they got some help when they needed it as well. Well, he got done enough that they got the win. That is, uh, that is a pretty cool thing. Uh, well, uh, gosh, I don't know what was going on with this. But this seemed like the game everybody was talking about. Uh, I, I build it as the thunder in the demon dome. Uh, what was the atmosphere like out there? Uh, the atmosphere is fantastic. I think it's uh, you know it's exactly what you want in a high school basketball game. Both student sections were filled all the way. The stands were, were packed. The parents were into it. The fans were into it. It was a great atmosphere there in Washington. Uh, the, the Trojans of Fairfield traveled very well. Um, so the, in terms of the atmosphere, it was an absolute electric atmosphere. And I think at times both teams were really feeding off of it, especially for what they were getting from their student sections, because both – both Washington and Fairfield student sections were absolutely on fire tonight. Well, it was uh, Western night uh, in Kyoto tonight. I had a, I was uh, paying a, a tribute to uh, Johnny Cash as I was dressed in black with a black cowboy hat. Uh, we had a pretty exciting atmosphere over there. Kyoto got the uh, uh, the win and go to ten and two. But let's talk to about the Washington Demons and the repercussions of this win. This is a big win for them, and uh, 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 what does this what what does this win do for them? As uh, Burlington didn't play, so they 
slide into second place. Uh, Mount Pleasant want, crawled away with a one-point win over Fort Madison. So uh, uh, how, how big of a deal is this for the Washington Demons? Yeah, so Washington, again, they've, they've won at least a share of the conference title the last three years. And now they're tied again up top with uh, with Mount Pleasant since they both won tonight. They're both four and one in the conference. Uh, that puts Burlington, like you said, three and one. Fairfield falls to um, two and three, and I'm not. And I guess uh, Fort Madison falls to one and four. And Keokuk, not sure. What, I guess they didn't play Burlington, so they're still at zero oh and four. Uh, so that's kind of how the Southeast Conference shakes down. Again, Mount Pleasant and uh, Washington right there at the top, three and two in district play. I don't know if they've played each other yet. And if so, whoever has the head-to-head matchup, I believe, has the edge right now. But keep in mind, in this South Southeastern Conference, every team plays each other twice. So you're either going to have a 2-0 head-to-head or a 1-1 tie. Well, every game is electric. I mean, if Fort Madison can uh, uh, come within one point of beating Mount Pleasant, I mean – Anybody can beat anybody on any given night. But uh, I was listening to you I, 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 on the drive home from Kyoto. I flipped over and was catching uh, what was the halftime wrap-up. You were talking about the halftime part of it. And it, you mentioned that uh, Coach Flaherty had a, a technical foul. And if he got one more, he's going to get thrown out of the game. And I heard he was upset about uh, not a foul call but a non-foul call. Can you go over what happened there? Yeah, so on a play where uh, I believe it was Ethan Patterson drove on drove the lane on J.J. Lane, uh, Ethan full-on, I thought he gave him a full-on shove. It sent, it sent J.J. Lane to the ground. That was probably the third non-call for Washington in a row, uh, looking at it for at least from uh, Coach Flattery's side. I think he had just shown some frustration. He called a timeout, uh, yelled. Yelled at the official, wasn't too far away from his bench, but but did raise his voice a little too much. And uh, the official, not sure exactly who it was, but uh, that specific official teed him up. And, you know, in, in, in the state of Iowa in high school basketball, the coach gets a technical. He has to stay on the bench when the uh, during play. He can't stand up. And if he gets a second, well, they're gone. Well, uh, it gets a little heated between the coaches and the uh referees a little bit in basketball sometime don't it but sometimes that's kind of fun for the crowd and and uh uh you know sometimes uh, uh you know billy martin would would run out and just do a bunch of annex you know and yeah. uh, the, uh the umpire said what are you doing billy he says i'm trying to fire my team up what do you think i'm trying to do you know yeah and, and you know you added the fact that this is a game with washington that's well, I might be losing it. We're having a little trouble with your signal, but uh, 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 thank you for being with us. We've been talking to Nathan Piercy of KMCD Fairfield, Iowa, who just got done calling uh, uh, a heartbreaking loss for the Trojans uh, at the Washington Demons. But thanks for being with us. Hey, they- well, I, I kind of lost Nathan there, but uh, I'll go over some of the rest of the scores. Uh, 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 and we'll uh, just wrap this up. Uh, well, uh, again, uh, the Washington Demons won 62 to 49 over the uh, uh, over the Fairfield Trojans, and a big, big conference win. A lot of implication for that.
big strong win for Washington really puts them pushes them towards the top of the conference. We've got uh, Hillcrest Academy, and these are all boys' scores here. Hillcrest Academy sixty-five, Columbus uh, twenty. Uh, Hillcrest Academy really got on them uh, after a nice win at home. Uh, Columbus took a a, a, a a tough game uh, against. Van Buren Warriors last night and uh, wound up uh, uh, losing this one here, 65 to 20. But uh, so uh, Eichelberger Farms uh, presents the Waco Warriors and uh, they rolled again uh, there and uh, went to Pekin and the Packwood, uh, beating the Panthers 68 to 36. Uh, Holding Waco under 70 points is really doing something. Uh, Pekin, uh, again, overperforms against uh, uh, what is the most brutal schedule any team has ever played in the state of Iowa this year. Uh, they will be in the backyard brawl. We will be up there seeing them uh, as they play the Sigourney Savages tomorrow. Uh, girls game starts at 1, boys about 2.30. Uh but uh, that's good. that was another great, big, strong game. I heard Graber played really good in that game. Uh, uh, we already told you about the Wise and Muscatine uh, Wapolo game, fifty-four to forty. Uh, Fort Madison, Mount Pleasant, fifty-nine. Fort Madison, fifty-eight. Uh, a tremendous comeback, a big fourth quarter by the Bloodhounds here. Uh, you heard about it from Andy, so I won't take too much of your time, but. Southeast Conference, anybody can beat anybody every night. It's always so exciting uh, for those 3A schools over there. Uh, the Montezuma Braves rebound from a loss to the Coyote Eagles with an 83-28 win over the English Valley Bears. Uh, um, boy, I tell you, uh, that win that Coyote got Tuesday night over uh, Montezuma really looks Really looking strong, like a really big win. Boy, Kyoto 10 and 2 has a, and that's the last score. The Kyoto Eagles 62 41, as we heard from Andy uh, McGuire. And I called that game. Uh, that was pretty good. I'll go over the girls' uh, scores here uh, Washington Demons uh, 62, Fairfield Trojans 33, uh, Winfield Mount Union. Yeah, they might be state champions. Those girls are so good. With the 70 29 uh, drubbing of Lone Tree. Uh, the Columbus uh, Wildcat girls get a win, 39-18 over Hillcrest Academy. Uh, they got a win uh, recently. Uh, it was a Lone Tree or something they just beat. Uh, uh, and the uh, boys won as well that night. Well, and uh, the Montezuma Brave girls beat uh, English Valley 45-40. to 40. Uh, The Kyoto Eagles girls won 44-42 uh, over HLV. And that is all the scores I got for you. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, uh, Round Guy Radio appreciates you. We want to thank uh, Aveda Salons of uh, Coralville, Iowa. Uh, we want to thank uh, we want to thank Physical Therapy Services of Kelowna. We want to thank the Packwood Locker of Packwood, Iowa. We want to thank Beyond. Beautiful benches of Richland, Iowa, and again, once again, Eichelberger Farms. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we appreciate you.